Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. It's a Thursday. How are you? News, information, all kinds of stuff. Next. They said it. Great thoughts any day of the year. The key to success in life is not seeking position or power or wealth, but rather seeking the Lord. Charles Stanley. Desire only God, and your heart will be satisfied. C.H. Spurgeon said, When I was coming to Christ, I thought I was doing it all myself. And though I sought the Lord earnestly, I had no idea the Lord was seeking me. The thought struck me. How did you come to be a Christian? I sought the Lord. But how did you seek the Lord? The truth flashed across my mind in a moment. I should not have sought Him unless there had come some previous influence in my mind to make me seek Him. You didn't do it. God did. He who begins by seeking God within himself may end by confusing himself with God. You don't do it, my friend. It is all. Everything is Almighty God. What in the world is going on? Law enforcement officials investigating the murders of those four University of Idaho students appear to walk back on their claim that one or more of the victims were targeted saying late yesterday that they do not know, indeed, if that's the case. Detectives do not currently know if their residents or any occupants were specifically targeted, so we're back peddling here. Hmm. As always, I'm closer to it now. Pray for those families who lost their kids. We have no idea, usually. Big storms, tornadoes in the south. Pray that you were not affected. All kinds of weather happening coast to coast as usual. How's that uh, global warming thing working out anyway? Hey, this is big news. It is big news, especially if it affects your pocketbook. And that's what everybody cares about. With a potentially economically devastating nationwide rail strike looming in early December, the U.S. House yesterday passed a resolution that would force rail worker unions to accept a tentative agreement with management and make any strikes illegal in America. They did that 290 to 137 in a bipartisan vote. You can't strike. We need you. We're talking about food on the table, everything, the rails shutting down. That'd be at least $2 billion a day. The Senate's expected to vote on the resolution soon, since a strike could effectively start as early as this weekend. Oh, get on this one. See, there's not a lot of easy answers in some things in life, are there? Um, excuse me, is that a robot? Is that a robot that could kill me? Robots that kill might be coming. The world's tech capital, talking about San Francisco, California. Supervisors there voted 8-3 to three on Tuesday to allow the city's police department to use remote control robots to deliver potentially lethal force. But deadly robots can only be used as a last resort measure when lives are in danger and all other options like de-escalation tactics and alternative force have been exhausted. And here's another one of those stories that you... Do you want to buy a bridge in Brooklyn? Robots killing you. It could happen. Well, I think it helped the Democrats there in mid-November, but uh, I think it was a pipe dream from the beginning. President Biden's student loan debt relief program, which seeks to forgive hundreds of billions of dollars owed by tens of millions of followers, was handed another major loss yesterday as a federal appeals court denied his request to reinstate it. 
Biden's student loan handout intends to forgive $10,000 in federal student loans per borrower and double that for Pell Grant recipients, but it will remain on hold after the New Orleans-based 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals rejected the Biden administration's request to lift a stay put on that program. Yeah, you get to pay for other people's loans. Uh-huh. How much do we pay for a single vote? Well, I think you're a bunch of liars. CDC, the Center for Disease Control, their data turned over by court order shows that Healthcare workers and others who were first to get the NRA COVID vaccines suffered an extraordinarily high rate of complications because of it. Among earliest populations to get vaccinated, the data withheld by the CDC showed one in three reported needing extra medical care, missing school, missing work, or the inability to perform normal daily activities. Oh, where's my gun? One of the things that was very significant, V-safe failed to include chest pain and other Cardiac symptoms that could indicate myocarditis and pericarditis in the survey checkboxes. And, of course, that's become a big problem. You just don't know who to trust. These people aren't on the list. Well, if this isn't some sort of a big surprise, Joe Biden is now casting doubt on whether he's going to run for president in 2024. Yeah. He did that yesterday while speaking at the White House Tribal Nations Summit. Biden just finished delivering his speech when an unknown person in the crowd shouted out, four more years at the president. He waved the comment off and thanked that person. I don't know about that, said Biden. Thanks. Thank you. Well, that old dude's gonna... Oh, never mind. Well, they call him the Crypto Creek. Former FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried, and possible the understatement of 2022, he just says, you know, I've, I, he lost billions and billions. I, I've had a bad month. The former billionaire added that he didn't do a good job at upholding his responsibilities to regulators and customers and investors. In a hotly anticipated conversation with NBC's Andrew Sorkin, banking imploded in mid-November after Coindesk reported irregularities in the company's balance sheets. The company filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. I didn't even try to commit fraud on anyone, he said. I saw it as a thriving business, and I was shocked at what happened. Oh, yep, yeah, you're buying that one, aren't you? Democrats try to do something different. Officials there gathering in the nation's capital this week on a mission to revamp the top of their 2024 presidential nominating calendar. That's a move that could have major consequences for the party, well, far beyond their primary schedule for the next White House race. On the agenda, when the Democratic National Committee Rules and Bylaws Committee convenes, it's whether Iowa and New Hampshire, which have held the first two contests in the Democratic National Convention's presidential primary and caucus schedule for over 50 years, will keep their traditional leadoff positions or if the party will shake up the order and look for a more diverse state to kick off the new cycle. Interesting. It's a terrible number. According to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, there are around 613,000 missing person cases that were reported last year in this country. 613,000. Black women comprise around 7% of the entire population, 
Yet the estimated number of them who've gone missing, including the girls, is 64,000, which is a bit more than 10% of those missing in the entire country. Whoa, looking at this ratio, it's evident that there's a big problem here. Yet it can be argued that not many cases are being featured across media reports in this regard. Needless to say, these cases aren't being frequently reported and are also not being solved. What is happening to black women and black girls in America? People are starting to notice and have labeled this bias as missing white women syndrome. Beyond a coined media term, this concept has significant and measurable impact in America. Apart from the obvious discriminatory nature of this, how can you break down the specific components of what is contributing to this problem? This is really something to pray about, my friend. African-American missing persons cases are often older and left open, with black children being more likely to remain missing than white or Hispanic children when looking at the same time span. Again, something to pray about. Well, here's some information you don't need. It's interesting. No slice of sourdough or biscuit has achieved the status as high as the French baguette. And they're making sure you never forget it. Hey, let's do it. Let's make sure that uh, this intangible cultural heritage practices be preserved forever. You know, the average French person consumes a half a baguette every day. The country consuming 10 billion loaves every year. And baguettes are an integral part of the French culture. The country's baking industry now has the opportunity to apply for funding to help preserve this yeasty tradition. What else is happening? The European Union has warned Elon Musk, Mr. Multibillionaire, warned him yesterday that Twitter could be banned in Europe unless it follows the strict content moderation rules imposed by a new law there. A new wave of layoffs began yesterday with DoorDash cutting 1,250 corporate workers. CNN starting to trim its staff. Are they still in existence? Yeah, they, yeah, they are. And crypto exchange Kraken shedding 1,100 employees. Amazon said it had its biggest holiday shopping weekend ever. From Thanksgiving through Cyber Monday, Independent sellers on that platform racked up more than $1 billion in sales. Christine McVie, the singer-songwriter behind many Fleetwood Mac hits, died yesterday at 79. Now, I made a lifetime in rock music until I got saved, and last night, <laughs> many people knew this person's name, and I didn't. Oh, you don't know what you don't know. Hey, let's get nostalgic for a moment. Do you remember going to a restaurant and right there at the table was this jukebox thingy? <laughs> right at the table for diners. No need to walk over to the jukebox. Ten cents per play. Three plays for a quarter. Wasn't that something? I wonder if this would be true for today's modern man. He left me because I said I don't like electric cars. And then it happened. He just grabbed his man purse, pulled his hair up in that bun, and said, when the car is charged in an hour, I'm out of here. I like this one. There's the dog in the car, locked in the car at the mall, with a sign on the window here. He's okay. The window's cracked, by the way. He's okay. He has water and treats. I'm Christmas shopping, but I'll be back very soon and take him for a walk. That's a good idea.
Oh, and this one is real good. Now listen carefully. Today I'm going to bow my head. Not going to ask for anything. I'm just going to say, thank you, God. That, that's a great idea. And oh boy, finally, if this one isn't today, here, here's a picture of a rattlesnake. And then the caption, this is a cat. A cat is a safe and effective pet. Conspiracy, conspiracy theorists claim that it's a poisonous snake. <laughs> oh, one more could you add to the independent fact checkers have proven that this statement is incorrect. Where is my gun? Oh, never mind. Where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this important message. Come on, admit it regardless. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, especially if you're saved today and know what the end game is all about. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ with all thine heart. Lean not to thy own understanding in all thy ways today. You acknowledge God and he promises to direct your path. Today would be a great day to ask God to forgive you of your sins and invite Jesus Christ to be your Savior. The Holy Spirit will be in there in you, and what a great way to live the rest of your life, regardless of you're a young person or one of us oldies today. You ought to do it, my friend. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I continue to say it, and it's true. It's a fantastic way to live and a fantastic way to die, ushered into the arms of Jesus. So get saved today, my friend. Thank you for being here on Hello World, by the way. Well, I'm going to share with you today a strange thing that has happened in our life over the years. I recall when I was an evangelist traveling throughout the country for a couple of decades, I thought, boy, if I ever got a church, uh, I've seen all the mistakes that pastors have made in every church I've been in. And so when I start a church, that thing is going to be top-notch without air, everybody loving one another. I mean, it was a great dream that when I finally did get a church, that only lasted about a week. What in the world is going on? Yet that has not been my greatest hurt. Sharon and I have had six children, Jeremy, Jason, Benjamin, Rachel, Rebecca, and Sarah. And to date, only one of them is really serving God. The others, including one of my sons, thinks that maybe he's even an atheist. And so the question comes up, and you have asked, how's it going in your household? What happens when your children leave God? Well, they don't want to go to church with you anymore or follow your basic teachings of the Word of God. Patricia Rayburn had a really tough time. She was a journalist. She always thought she knew something about everything. Oh, that sounds familiar. And she said if she didn't, well, she could do a quick study on it. And any problem, any topic, she would have enough to write an article or do an interview and tell you right from wrong. How does that sound? But here was the kicker. She said when her youngest daughter, who's now 25 years of age, stopped attending church while in college, that can be a problem if it's a secular school particularly. Well, she was uh, dumbstruck because she was dating a Muslim, a Muslim, she kept asking over and over, even stumbling at the word. And this was before 9-11, so she didn't have any real knowledge of Islam, or at least enough to answer her. But here she was, praying to Allah and wearing an Islamic hijab, and I felt absolutely helpless with my daughter. Even today, after all these years, I catch my breath at the airport whenever I greet my beautiful daughter, 
covered in her long scars. My eyes see this picture, but it's always looking wrong. I reach with a hug, but I just, I want to cry every time I see her. I was torn with guilt. In fact, the first year she left the church, certain her choice condemned me as a Christian parent. I knew I was done for. I know many of you listening have this same problem. When my daughter was growing up, my newspaper career kept me so busy. I was often a stranger to my children. On too many nights and too many mornings and too many late, late nights, I rushed to cover the news story. Back home, however, I rarely took time to tell my daughters what I believed most. That is, Jesus Christ saves. Sure, we went to church every Sunday and midweek and all that stuff. Then the next day, I rushed back to the daily newspaper grind. The Sunday sermon was forgotten quickly, and now this irony. As my journalism career was winding down and I yearned for a closer walk with the Lord, my beloved youngest daughter left the faith. On Sundays, I grieved her absence in church. I held back the tears as I sat there with my husband in our pew. Everybody else seemed so happy. How would I fill that pew with peace or with joy rather than ultimate guilt? Boy, Satan works overtime, Satan and his demons, don't they? The answer to you might seem obvious. I gave the problem to God. In fact, when I beseeched the Lord, his answer was always the same. Surrender this thing to me. Out of despair and weariness, I obeyed him. For starters, I quit arguing about the religion my daughter had. Instead, in surrender, I spoke only love words. How are your classes going, honey? I asked when she called. How's your car running? Those are little love questions. God wouldn't let anything else flow from my heart. Sure, I wanted to plead to her, why not Jesus Christ? But the words, they just weren't there. Instead, I offered what God gave me, more love talk. We miss you a whole lot here. We're proud of you staying in school. Is your coat warm enough? Are you eating enough? I was obeying what God told me in prayer. I had clearly been instructed to do this, to love my grown child with abandon and to trust him. So when she collected clothes for the Muslim poor, I collected clothes for the Muslim poor. Once when she needed a ride to her mosque, I drove her there. I put both feet down on Paul's great promise. God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. That's my life verse, by the way, Romans 8.28. You would do well if you haven't picked one out to grab one and have it for your life verse and use it whenever you can. Uh, back to our story. She said, moreover, I heeded the Lord's clear voice telling me to focus not on the person missing from the pew, but on the one still sitting in it, namely me. So rather than bemoan my daughter's departure from the church, I took a hard look at my own Christian walk. Only then could I see what the Lord already knew. To begin with, I needed to love more, to live beyond myself, to find a new calling to replace that disappointment, even while struggling to love all people as Christ does. So, wow, when my husband suggested that we find a charity to help rather than exchange Christmas gift, I praised the Lord and saw his guidance. And in a day, we adopted, for the holidays, a cottage of teen girls incarcerated in a youth treatment center just blocks from our home. Through my daughter's unsettling conversion, God was calling me to fill my church pew, that is, after first emptying it of pride and guilt and self-centeredness and all about me, I needed to be with Him, with His Word, His love, His grace. As I opened the handmade thank-you notes from those grateful, troubled girls and read how several longed to attend a church, 
I could only praise God. I'd started praying more and, in fact, embarked on a study of prayer, but this was no quick study. Each evening, I'd set up my desk with stacks of books on the subject, reading them prayerfully and learning to practice the presence of God. As Brother Lawrence put in his 17th century reflection, and by the way, if you've not read that little booklet by Brother Lawrence, you should. I've talked to many people that changed their life forever. That's Brother Lawrence. You can find it. Google it. Anyway, in time, I placed the matter of my daughter's salvation on the altar, even as Brother Lawrence and other warriors prayed and had done with challenges going on in their lives. And as I left it there, I came to understand that my grown child's salvation in Christ would be the Holy Spirit's holy work in his time. Freed from agony over my daughter's new faith, I filled myself in my self-directed study of Christian prayer and church history. With the Lord's help, I discovered that my gospel faith has a rugged and glorious history as stunning as the cross. The more I learned about this great faith, in fact, the more I treasured it, and the deeper I fell in love with Jesus. What a life! Our Emmanuel! God with us, indeed! And what a God to come to this earth as a man and save our contentious, worrying, guilt-ridden souls! He did it! Only such a God could replace my guilt and worry with a cottage of appreciative teenage girls and fresh knowledge of my faith in Jesus. Focusing on these girls and on the Christian tradition, in fact, was a sheer delight for me. It seemed ironic that my daughter's conversion in the Muslim faith had offered me this choice, stay miserable with guilt or become an informed, more authentic Christian myself. It was a joy to immerse myself in Scripture and church history, not only memorizing comforting verses, but also studying in context what Jesus was saying and then putting his example into practice. In this way, my empty pew began to overflow. You've changed, a church friend observed. Yes, I have. I was abiding in Jesus. No quick study for me this time. I let his words seep in and direct my love for others, including my daughter, so I see her positive qualities now, not as our negative standoff. And my daughter, as a fifth-grade public school teacher, she's making a difference for others, even when I stand on the promises that God has. Your children will return to their own land, Jeremiah thirty-one seventeen. By committing to gain knowledge about prayer, meanwhile, I have learned a relationship essential, how to listen to God. Listen to God, my friend. That's what I did. To my husband, to my daughter. And as our arguments cease, the strife has been replaced with peace and an unspeakable joy. How will this story turn out? Well, the question might be, how is your story going to turn out? Only God knows. For now, I let love fill my church pew. So when my daughter returns to the church, she'll find room on our crowded bench, but also a richer place in her mother's expanded heart. Why is that? Because God is dwelling there now. Wow, that's powerful. If you have a child that is backslidden and away from God, this was a good message for you. And I'm sure there are many people listening right now. This shoe fits. Why not wear it? And finally, this is a good one. There's Fred and Luke, farmers fishing on the side of the road. They made up a sign there. The end is near. Turn around now before it's too late. They showed it to all the passing cars. One driver, he didn't appreciate it, screamed out, Leave us alone, you religious nutcases. And all of a sudden, there was a big splash. 
Fred grinned at Luke and said, Do you think maybe we should put up a sign that says, Bridge Out, instead? <laughs> I think that would work better. Ah, come on, smile. The Bible says that's a good medicine. We need a little bit more of that today, right? Read your Bible, prayed, going to serve somebody today in and out of the local church. Good Christian fellowship, a necessity. You do belong to a good Bible-believing church, right? Join me on Facebook, Greg Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N, Greg, G-R-E-G. I'd love for you to be my friend. Had my say for another day. That's it. First day of December, 2022. God bless.